Finally, game day, fellas. Finally, week one. Welcome to the Field of 12 After Dark show, which is now coming to you on Sirius XM satellite ESPNU channel 84. Sirius XM ESPNU channel 84. Uh, Field of 12. Fellas, first, it's great to see you guys back. It feels like it's been, I mean, what? eight months since we had a chance to do this, just like the rest of the college football world. I'm George Whitfield, joined by pride of we are Christian Hackenberg of Penn State, uh, two-time conference champion and player of the year from University of Baylor, uh, the mm. wedding crashers, hopefully this year, Bryce Petty. <laughs> and this man is carrying two brands on his back, two conferences, one big heart, tre uh, Trevor Knight, the Aggies. The Sooners, he's got them both. I'm George Whitfield. Fellas, first, let's do our tradition, shall we? For those of you at home joining us, please grab something to sip, be it radio or be it this link. We're going to go through this uh, college football experience uh, with, a, with a toast. Christian, I'm going to start with you first, sir. Favorite thing of this weekend since we've had football for at least a couple days now? Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, there's there's plenty of options. Uh, a lot of good material out there. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this to uh, to corn country, Iowa, playing a brand of football that you could never think of. Tory <laughs> Taylor, I think, is gonna be their team MVP by the end of the year this year if things keep tracking the way they're tracking, and their defense outscored what their offense today. Play, uh, he's their punter. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> Pin South Dakota State deep a lot of times. Didn't know what to do with it. But again, barn burners down there. I'm really excited to see how creative they get offensively because, again, I think uh, might as well line Jack Campbell up at quarterback as well. So here's to the <laughs> Iowa Hawkeyes in corn hey, country. Hey. Bryce Petty, sir, your toast. Hey, man, I'm, I'm going coaches here. A lot of, lot of new faces, a lot of new landing spots for – for guys and your, your debut is always the most important, but Billy Napier, uh, my gosh, man, coming down, got the, the number seven youths coming into Gainesville and, uh, you know, he's got a quarterback down there. He's got a team, uh, coach Billy, have a day. Hey. Billy, 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 Trevor Nightster still in Hollywood. Are we? No, oh, pretty no, close. Back. Look at, pretty close. Look at back, George. Hey, I'm going to take this one down south. We talked pre-show about all the great quarterback play that we're seeing this year. And I'm going to be honest, I was watching this football game and it kept me from flipping over to the primetime game in Ohio State and Notre Dame because it was such a phenomenal performance by this guy. University of Houston, Clayton Toon, quarterback, mm. three overtime win. Going up oh, and over into dude. the end zone. Cheers to you, my man. Hell of a performance. Hey. Boy, Tooney. Clayton Toon, sir. Going All up right, and over. Uh, hell, of a, hell of a deal down there, UTSA and Houston. Let's give the collective to the godfather, first of all. We got a chance to see him once again. I believe this is year 27 for college game day. The godfather, Coach Corso. Mine, I'm a follow in, in, in the direction of, of Bryce. Coaching debut, except this coach did not come out on top, but he certainly earned the respect of his locker room and definitely the nation. 
Marcus Freeman, 37 mm. years old. You get the you get the keys to the most historic college football program in the land. And now you got to go see the baddest college football team in the land on the road. Game one, there was no preseason, you know, Ichabod State and then Ohio State. They go in, it goes 12 rounds. They showed much more than what they were. They're probably going to still stay in the top 10 to the Irish's new general, Marcus Freeman. All right, fellas, let's sprint. Much to catch up on. Again, field of 12. After dark, we are live. Sirius XM. You can find us on Channel 84 ESPNU. We're going to start with the heavyweight matchups. Let's go right off the bat to Columbus. Ohio State, number, what, one, two team in the country versus the number five team, Notre Dame. 12 rounds. Trevor, I'm going to start with you. Your, your takeaways from watching, I know you're watching your beloved Cougars, but your takeaway from the outcome of Ohio State and Notre Dame. Uh, I'll say this. I was extremely impressed with the way that Notre Dame came out on the defensive side of the ball. We've talked a lot in, in preseason about how powerful of an offense that Ohio State has. And they do. They have a very powerful offense. And they're going to make a lot of people pay for that uh, throughout this season. But for a majority of the game, they made C.J. Stroud, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the country, look just, you know, good, but not, not tearing it up, right? Um, they did a great job of kind of holding that offense and Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, to a, a limited number of explosive plays. So I was impressed by that. Now, flip that coin over, C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith and Jigba, the Ohio State Buckeyes in the horseshoe. It's tough to go in there and win. They just kept battling it out, battling it out, and battling it out. And that's why I think C.J. Stroud's one of the best in the country because he just stayed even keel. And kept coming and coming and coming. Got a huge win week one at home. Agreed. Bryce, were you equally as impressed with Stroud? And how did you read the game? Buckeyes, huge favorites. They're like a, a, a group of Marvel characters coming out there. But the Irish hung with them. What did you take away when you were watching this battle? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've always been a fan of C.J. Stroud. I, I like guys that can kind of keep that even kill that Trevor was talking about. There's never two, two highs or two, two lows. It's just you got to keep that that even kill, especially in big games like this. And then obviously, too, coming into the season where I think there was more hype about Ohio State last year. Now there's more hype about C.J. Stroud this year. That's just yeah. tough to play into. Um, but man, man, I tell you what, this Jim Knowles, I think is going to have this defense flying around. And that was something that really stood out to me. Those guys were headhunting the whole day. Um, that front seven is kind of what Jim Knowles is known for, especially at, at Oklahoma state, what he was known for there. Um, he has that defense, uh, buying into what, um, he is preaching. And I think they had a young inexperienced defense last year. Um, heck, you know, way more about the Buckeyes than I do in terms of that, uh, uh, that statement, but I do think that he's got these guys bought in and they just, they fly around. So it was, it was a fun game to watch. Um, and, and again, just a lot of pressure on seven, a lot of pressure on 11, um, other guys stepped up and they got the win. That's, that's all that matters at the end of the day. Speaking of pressure there, hack the follow off of Bryce's point, who did you feel had more pressure? The Irish coming in, wearing that number five oh. national ranking on their back 
or Ohio State, who people expect to just burn through their schedule, double digit wins as Vegas does uh, and and send a message back to this upstart crew. Yeah, I, I think naturally with the way Ohio State's been churning, that that machine's been rolling for the past decade or so. Um, I think their expectations were a little bit tougher heading into this game. And I think it's not to discredit Notre Dame. And one of the main reasons why I love these type of matchups in week one is because you really get to see what the offseason, what the preparation come to fruition with a great opponent in week one. And you get to see how both of these teams are going to react, win or lose. But ultimately, I think it's a positive experience. And for Ohio State, reflecting a little bit back to last year with that early season loss to Oregon, you know, CJ threw for 400 yards, you know, the defense got torched. But I really think that Ohio State held their composure, um, and I think that's a lot of credit due to the experiences they did have last year um, with these early out-of-conference big-time matchups. And uh, for me, it was just the way that the offense kept plugging. Um, Notre Dame did a great job of disrupting their timing, um, throwing some things that I think got CJ and Ryan Day um, off their mental game a little bit. But that third beginning of the fourth quarter, things started clicking for them. They took advantage of some explosives and ultimately won the game. And that's what you got to do. If you're going to go deep into the college football playoff, you got to be able to overcome those uh, hurdles within a game. I think that's what they lacked last year. And again, I think part of it was because they were playing catch up sometimes with a, with a defense that had some gaps. Uh, I think Jim Knowles and that defense showed uh, a lot of maturity. And I think that there's even more room for growth on that side of the ball after watching tonight, but um, you know, to your point, though, George, I think both teams are going to come out better for this. And I think it was really good for Ohio State and specifically the Big Ten for them to do that um, week one and, and set a standard and keep things moving. Yeah, 100 percent. This is the second year in a row Buckeyes have invited a heavyweight in to start the season off last year. I mean, it goes like that. Sometimes they brought in Oregon and they could not get past Oregon this year. They brought in Notre Dame. Both are going to make them better. My impression on this is the Buckeyes won without their fastball tonight. I think we all kind of thought Stroud is going to get up around that 400 mark. We're going to turn this thing into a track meet. You don't have track shoes on, and we're going to just say go. It didn't go that way. It kind of turned into, from a heavyweight fighter, it turned into a ground and pound, and we learned Ohio State can ground and pound against a talented Notre Dame team. I was also impressed with Notre Dame's quarterback and their passing game didn't expect much, uh, you know, and they're still going to try to learn this on the fly, do this on the fly with Buckner, but you saw a lot of planned quarterback runs because they're trying to get him in the game and that's how he can contribute. But he did step back, start the game out with a 50 plus yard shot, had a couple chunk plays down the back stretch. Uh, Notre Dame was impressive, but Ohio state, they just showed that championship medal. No, everybody's not going to get dropped in the second round. We took 12 rounds tonight, but that's 12 rounds of, you know, toughness to exude. We're, we're, we're not just a home run team. We, we will grind it out with you. All right. Let's now go down South into Jurassic park, the sec. Watch this Georgia, Florida, Arkansas, those three teams in the SEC, the number two ranked team in the country, or two or three ranked team in the country with Georgia, Arkansas, who's ranked like 20th, and Florida, who's not ranked at all. 
collectively they beat two of the top three teams from the Pac-12, and they beat a playoff team from last year in Cincinnati and the three of them. Hack, I'm going to jump with you first. Yep. Let's go with the White Walkers from Georgia. They lost all that talent to the NFL. They lost their defensive lieutenant, came back and saw them today as head coach, and they mm-hmm. eviscerated the Ducks. Are, are yeah. we just to go ahead and pencil in Georgia slash the White Walkers into the playoffs tonight? Yeah, I, I'm not going to go that far. Um, I think there's some teams in the SEC, a couple of them that you noted from tonight that showed a lot of really good things. And obviously we know how that can go down there. But I was really impressed with the way Georgia rebounded. I think a lot of it had to do with Stetson having a full year Um full off season under his belt, being the guy, no pressure, letting him go. And I thought he played phenomenal tonight. Um, did nothing but deliver packages like the mailman should on time. Um, their weapons showed up. I think that their, their tight end rooms, obviously very strong, but I thought that they showed some things on the outside as well um, that are going to help them down the road. Uh, defensively, different team. Trevor, Trevor noted this before we got on air. I think they're a different team, but was very impressed with how they bought in and held an Oregon team with the guy that knows that entire side of Georgia's defense better than anybody else, because he recruited them, coached them last year, um, running the show over there who should have known the vulnerabilities, you know, where guys are maybe a little bit less disciplined and wasn't able to exploit it. They scored three points. So um, I thought that that was really impressive and I'm really excited to see how Georgia continues to mature. And if that can, if, if this type of brand of football focus, uh, leadership from Stetson Bennett on the offensive side continues to grow. Um, yes, I think that they're they're in they're in the discussion for the top four teams right now of of making a push um, because I think we can definitely lock in at least two from the SEC as as has been uh, part of part of what we've become to accept and acknowledge as college football fans uh, as of late. So um, I, I was very very impressed. Uh- so, Bryce, were you equally impressed with Georgia? And is there any uh, disappointment from what you saw from Bo Nix, or is is that to be expected mm. because he's on the opposite end of the White Walkers? Ah, <laughs> uh, man, that's kind of a loaded question. Look, I'll take your first gotcha. your first question, um, and and, I, and I'll start there, obviously. But but I was I was very 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 impressed with Georgia today. Um, and and what I loved about it, they had shirts that uh, stated "No one cares." <laughs> um, and it and it's funny enough, man. You get you get in football locker rooms where it's it's uh, and we we live in a in a world right now, especially in football, that it is it is a "What have you done for me lately?" type of mentality. Um, and so I love that they just embodied that that piece of it. That no one cares what you did last year. No one cares that you lost five of it. You know, out of the six from an incredible unit, not just a team, but a unit, defensive unit. Um, five of those guys are now playing on Sundays. Um, so what they were able to do today to a team that was, again, uh, whether or not we felt like did they belong there at 11, who knows, but what they did to, to a Pac-12 team, they just absolutely dismantled them. And, um, you know, and the second part of that question with, with Bo Nix, I think it's it's a, it's a little bit more or less of what uh, is the same with Bo Nix. The guy's incredibly talented. It's just there's too many uh, these highs and lows, you know, what we were just talking about with CJ Stroud about staying even keel. Sometimes Bo Nix just puts his team in a, in a bad spot, um, with, with turnovers. Um, 
And, and so I, I, I just didn't really think that Oregon had a chance coming into this game um, to begin with. And then un unfortunately my man, Bo Nix kind of sealed that uh, as well with the turnovers and whatnot, but, but Georgia's going to run through this schedule. They do have Florida October 29th, I believe, which is going to be a heck of a game now that what we just saw uh, come off the field against Utah, which is a hell of a team. So I'm, I'm really excited about that game, but you know, to Hack's point uh, earlier, and then I'll wrap up with this is that, um, you know, I think between Alabama and, and Georgia, they're back in the playoffs. I mean, they're, they're just a different breed. Um, and I'll use the word that hack use brand of football. It's a different brand of football to where when those guys put on the colors on Saturdays, they know what's expected of them and, and they're excited to, to fulfill that expectation. Speaking of that expectation, Trevor, the ducks were really only what 18 point dogs in this 16 point dogs to get blown out the way they did, are you disappointed or did Vegas and the common folk just get it wrong about the White Walkers and who they have, who they, this is like who they are. Last year was no fluke. This might be who they are. I, I think it's probably a little bit of both, George. And the reason why is I, I was, like these guys said, I was extremely impressed with Georgia, specifically the offensive side of the ball. If you look back to last year, all we said was, hey, the defense is so good. Plug and play anybody at quarterback. Plug and play anybody, really, at any position on the offense, as long as they don't turn the ball over. And Georgia's yep. going to have an opportunity to win the football game. Coming into this year, losing five first-rounders, eight overall draft picks on defense. Yes, they had a good nucleus coming back, but that's still some question marks. And then looking to your guy in Stetson Bennett and saying, hey, man <laughs> – you're not hiding behind anything anymore. It's you. It's your show. And the way he answered the bell, it was impressive. Now, I think Oregon was extremely elevated in their preseason ranking. I don't think they're the number 11 team in the country. I think they were unproven. Uh, new head coach, transfer quarterback that had an up and down career up to this point. Some pieces of the puzzle, but I think that was elevated. Should they have lost the way that they did? No, you got the O on the side of your helmet. You should never lose that bad, but it's going to leave a bad taste in Dan Lanning's mouth to go into his mentor and get absolutely slapped around like that. It's a long plane flight back to Eugene. They're going to have to get back uh, in that meeting room and uh, kind of have a come to Jesus meeting. So I think it probably falls somewhere in the middle. I thought Georgia played exceedingly well and, and Oregon was probably too ranked too high, but also played really bad today as well. The Georgia Bulldogs, 49-3 to over Oregon. The White Walkers, again, showing that they're impossible to come see in the open field. Only dead men would come see them in battle, as the Game of Thrones reference says. The White Walkers, we're going to stay in Jurassic Park or the SEC. George, as George, yes, sir. George, let me jump in here, though. Let me ask you a question about this. Do you, yeah. I want to I stay on Georgia a little bit longer. So yep. do you think that this could be – the start of another that. dynasty. I, here, yes. Here's why I say this, right? Kirby coached with Saban. Saban's obviously getting up there. If they can come out and I think put together another year like they did last year, because personally I believe in the SEC, you see ebbs and flows. And that's why I'm I'm excited for Billy Napier down in Florida, but I'm not sure yet, right? You gotta you gotta show this for a year, two years, three years. You even within a season, right? You go out and you beat Utah but we've seen Florida high and low. They go out and then they struggle with a Kentucky or somebody Vander, somebody that they're supposed to just roll over, right? right? So do you think that 
the right pieces are in place down there in Athens for it to be the next dynasty in the SEC? Yes, I do. Main reason is there's room, there's enough riches with within the five stars, the Regals and the Powers for Alabama to get its 10 or 12 five stars and for Georgia to get its. They measure up against Alabama. What other program? Yes, Ohio State will make a case. Clemson has been making a case. But right down there in the south, and they say, line us up in the last 36 months and line them up. Line up their draft picks and line up ours. Line up their wins against top 10 teams and line up ours. They can actually sit down. They don't have to put out hypotheticals. They don't have to put out super cool, jiggy highlight tapes. They just say, just look at the scores and look what we're doing. Oh, yeah, there's plenty. And then the other adage is success begets success. So there are quarterbacks now. Think of a 17-year-old Hackenberg or a 17-year-old uh, Petty or a Knight, and you guys are out there and you're in high school football and you get a call or you get a visit with somebody with a G on their shirt at your school. It's real. Because what do quarterbacks say? I want a shot to go to the NFL and I want to win a national championship. Oh, George is doing that now with both. So, yes, I think there is plenty of room. And it doesn't even require Alabama to be in any kind of a decline. You can run two. There's now two superpowers down there. And there might be a third emerging one in either in A&M or Gainesville or both. Like, it's Jurassic Park. But, yeah, Hack, to answer your question, yeah, George is in there. You guys got something on that? Here's what it, it worries me about that comment. Yes, I agree that Georgia is on a path, at least for the short term, to be another powerhouse in college football. But what Nick Saban has done at Alabama – that rebar is so deep in the foundation culturally that you're Wait, having Trevor, court on the path to be a, a, a heavyweight. They already won a national championship against the Roman army. It wasn't I like get the that. Roman army guy. Yeah. Okay. I'm right. talking year after year <laughs> after year, right? You, yeah, you're talking about all these head coaches that have come through Alabama, won national championships there. And now they're trying to build their own culture. In order for me to say Georgia is going to be on the same level as an Alabama, I want Dan Lanning to leave. And then I want their next coordinator to leave and their next That's coordinator fair. to leave That's and their fair. next coordinator to leave and keep doing that to where we've got five, six, seven years of history. And that rebar keeps going deeper into that concrete and it's not going to be moved. So I think that right now, yes, they are a, an incredible team. They are a powerhouse. There's no doubt. But in order to put them in the same conversation as in Alabama, let's just give it a couple more years. So, Bryce, then let's just stay with Hack's premise and let's go right off of what Trevor's saying. I think we're talking about two things. One, my opinion, Georgia is up there with Bama. They sit at the same table. But going beyond that, what Trevor's saying, it's a great ode to Coach Saban. Every year, you're going to lose at least one of your two lieutenants at coordinator. They're going to become a head coach, and they're not going to be a head coach way down at Northeast, mm-hmm. you know, right. Central Wi-Fi Tech. They're going to wind up in your conference because they're that hot they sought after. Saban continues to show up at the dance. Oh, yeah, these are my new lieutenants. What's your name again? That's right. That's my new lieutenant. Like, he doesn't – like, they're going to just keep flipping, 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 flipping. That is longevity, but program for program, are they equal? And is Trevor right? It's going to take a while for anybody to catch up to Coach Saban in terms of just his own grade.
I think I think you hit you hit mute, but but I, I love I love what you're saying because I I do think I I'm kind of in between both you guys honestly. I think the the, the pen and the paper's out. I don't know um, if if they've you know started down with the 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 D before the Y and they started spelling out Dynasty yet. But but we've already seen it. And Trevor, you bring up a great point because that's exactly what I thought in my mind is that until you start having your guys leave. And you can still replicate. I mean, buddy, they held Oregon to 313 yards today. So, so to me, I'm like, okay, this is starting to be that type of atmosphere, that type of, of culture to where Kirby Smart has these guys believing that it doesn't really matter who it is. Now, the crazy thing to me about what Alabama and what Nick Saban has been able to do is Nick Saban revitalizes careers. <laughs> there are dudes, Sarkeesian, Billy O, there are dudes that come down and that come across to revitalize their career before they take off. Now that it, to me is a whole different echelon of dynasty than what we have seen most likely in, in our tenure of watching football and, and we'll, we'll probably ever see again. Uh, but but I do think that the pen and paper is out, and uh, and they've got the dictionary to spell dynasty. It's it's there. Do you do you think Kirby has the makeup? I think it's more so a question of do you think Kirby has the makeup and the. I'm not like I can't like. Do you think he can do that? Because you you sit there and you talk about like look, even think about Belichick right in the NFL how all of Belichick's guys go, some have success, some don't, they try to be Belichick too much. They try not to, do you think, do you think like Kirby has that bit, that, that perfect balance of like enough understanding of Saban and then also kind of like is the first guy who's done what Saban's done where like Kirby was under Saban, beat him, Dabo, same thing, but then he has a big piece leave and says, you know, screw it. We're playing them. You know, even if it was decided before that we're playing them week one and then goes out and does what he did to them. Do you think Kirby has the makeup, I guess? Because I think that's kind of what it comes down to, right? I think you know, if it's anybody, are. if it's anybody, it's Kirby. Right? I, I, yeah, if, yeah. You think about, Bryce, you made a great point of, of guys coming back to revitalize their career, but they're not just going to a directional school, to your point, George. You yeah. got the head coach at the University of Texas. That's a huge logo that came through that system. University of Florida, University of Oregon, like – these got Georgia, right? These are huge <laughs> logos in college football that all came through that one man. And so that is my point of, hey, let's let's pause the brakes here real quick. The dynasty goes way past the walls of Tuscaloosa and those those um, those facilities. This is spread throughout the country. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I agree. I agree. I do. To, does he have it? I yes, he does. It's just it's going to take it's going to take time that is uh it's already kind of playing itself out but we'll see longevity it does take some longevity to, to call yourself a dynasty clemson has last year was the first time they weren't in the playoffs and everybody's kind of cooled on clemson and they've been cranking out superheroes out of that program they've been going toe-to-toe with the biggest and baddest knocking them out and they've had one tough year and a lot of people have retracted are they still in the midst of their dynasty are you allowed to have a, I, don't, a, I don't know man this is this year. is my thing Dab, Dabo was so good at, at at keeping guys right Venable should have been a head coach 12 years ago and and he stayed there Trevor Lawrence stayed there with him four years man like 
like the the thing that Nick Saban continued, Nick Saban, it's Jalen Hurts or it's Tua, <laughs> you know, it's, way. I mean, he, yeah. he continues to do things like that. I think AJ McCarron was probably his, his longest dude that he actually had on their center for, for a while. Right. So, I mean, just what he's able to do down there in the, in the way that he's able to do it. I just don't know if we'll ever see anybody like that, but in that same vein, we had JT Daniels last year, and then in comes Stetson Bennett. So, so again, Kirby Smart is, is starting to have, again, the, the inner workings of, of being able to weave in, you know, bits and pieces of, of what we've seen with Nick Saban, uh, you know, again, to create a trajectory of what, you know, we could be talking on this show in a couple of years of like, man, Georgia's, Georgia's that team. It's, it's, they, they're the next, next guy up. I got a crazy thought here real quick. I'm curious if one of you guys want to answer this. Nick Saban's getting older, okay? <laughs> Nick Saban went and won a national championship at LSU, took all of that, and has done what he's done at Alabama. Could we see Kirby Smart win a national championship or two at Georgia? Nick Saban is forced to depart for one reason would, or the other. I would, I would, uh, he no, goes back. No, no, I wouldn't. Why would – that's just one of the, the laws. I don't know, name your book. Never go hop in a great man's shoes. Why would you do that? Yeah. You talking about go to Alabama? Certainly not. Uh, stay right here in Georgia. Uh, build it like Bama's. I'll right. get the same lawn cutting people that Bama gets to cut their field. Yeah. I'll get all the same stuff. What's the Wi-Fi system they use? We'll use that as well. But I'm not going to go to Bama. There will be a statue of the man out front. Yeah. And there's nothing you're going to be able to do in your tenure. As great as that tenure can be, it'll it might be half. You're turning the book. It might be half. (laughs) Wait, hold on, hold on, go back. What did Nick Saban do? Okay, go on. (laughs) You won't even have to look it up. There'll be janitors and and that's right. That's right. Well, Nick Saban put up 66 on Utah State. He only put up 59. Well, then I hey, I hope someone's got to do it though. Still, I hope someone's got to do it though, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, at the end of the day, someone's got to do it. All this still, whenever the time comes, because it that's going to be the craziest job search of all time. Oh man, and. Will Saban just turn and name his successor, or will he just let him just battle it out? Speaking of battling it out, let's switch back to the other big heavyweight matchup of the night. The Florida Gators, unranked new head coach and Billy Napier. They have a superhero of their own, Anthony Richardson. They've spent all season trying to learn each other, get to know each other, gel this thing, because the biker gang from the West Coast is rolling in. The best team in the Pac-12 invaded the swamp, got everything they were looking for. They did not expect an L. It was Florida 29, Utah 26. Trevor, let's just start with you. Your impressions of this, what does this mean for Florida? Where do you think they wind up being in the rankings? And is this devastating to Utah and the Pac-12? Devastating to Utah. I'll start there. Number seven team in the country. That means a lot of preseason hype playing against an unranked team. Now, I get it. It's in the swamp. You got a lot of hype around Billy Napier and and Anthony Richardson. And we knew this was going to be a tight game. But that is still the number seven team in the country playing against an unranked team, which says a lot. I thought Utah played really, really good. Um, But, man, Anthony Richardson showed me a lot tonight. He, He is known for his athleticism. 
the Utes knew that he was going to use his legs to try and win the football game. And he still went out there and got it done on the ground. Yeah. He, he threw the ball really efficiently as well. They, you know, 17 for 24, only 168 yards, no TDs, but man, when it counted, he made plays, he had three touchdowns and 106 yards on the ground. He answered the bell. Congrats to Billy Napier and that squad. That's a great way to start getting a top 10 win. And it'll put them on the map. Now they got a target on their back. Speaking of that target on their back now, Bryce, do you think do you think this says more about the the top to bottom viciousness of Jurassic Park and the SEC? Or is this just a great game one road test for Utah? They take it, bounce off of this, and come back and just light up the Pac-12. I mean, I think it does, right? I, I think it. I think it has to say at least something. I mean, an unranked SEC team gives you all that you can get. I mean, I'm I, just twelve rounds right in the mouth. And and you know, to Trevor's point, both teams played really well. There was nothing that I think you know that was just outstanding in terms of it, there wasn't dumb penalties, there wasn't dumb turnovers. Uh, it was just a hell of a game. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch. But I, I just think that you know, I, I love uh, you know how you deem. Um, you know, your, your, I guess, analogies or, or however you're going to quote somebody, whether White Walkers, Roman Army, or now we got Jurassic Park, but that's really what it is. I mean, it's, it's welcome to the jungle, uh, um, especially, especially in Gainesville taking on, taking on this crew. So, um, you know, I, I, I do think it just speaks a lot more to Jurassic Park than anything else. And, and, and this is, it's, you know, not to answer Trevor's question if I can, but, but I think this is pretty detrimental to Utah because this was coming off of a hell of a Rose Bowl game against you know a hell of an Ohio State team and so I think coming off of the momentum even though they did lose coming off the momentum of that game gave them kind of a national prowess um you know to to, to walk into what what could have been at least a playoff atmosphere really only having I think USC and Oregon on their schedule as as the two ranked teams we know how um uh delicate the Pac-12 is I'll put it that way in terms of their schedule and the teams that they have out there so you have to be able to come in to Gainesville and make a statement and they didn't but Anthony Richardson man I, I tell you what he's gonna be a guy I think we're gonna we're, we're gonna have a lot of fun watching all year his command of the offense was something I just was was completely blown away with I mean it, it, we all know here in this room man when you have shifts and motions and have to read defenses and then execute the game like that that's a lot on on your plate and and to see him have complete command, I never saw the Bryce Petty, you know, look back on the dang wrist band going, hey, okay, we got X fly instead of X short, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, he just had complete command of the offense. And so, I, you know, my hat's off to, to Napier and, and Anthony Richardson. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's probably way too early to even say the word Heisman, but this guy's got it. Three, I had that game. Three strides on everybody else. Hack, your your biggest impression of watching Anthony Richardson go up against the biker gang tonight. Number seven team in the country. Top team west of the Rockies. Unranked Florida knocks them out. Yeah, I, I was really impressed with Anthony Richardson. I think you got to see his raw ability last year, and I think he was at times a fish out of water with what they were asking him to do. And I think tonight, I want to give, you know, a tip of the cap to Billy Napier and his entire staff of putting him in situations where his skill set and his strengths were on display and he was able to be successful. To your point, Trevor, like he didn't do a ton of stuff from from a throwing the football standpoint, but when they did, 
He was out, out of the pocket. Very, there wasn't a ton of in the pocket, pure progression, get through things, got him on the edge. He had the ability to use his legs. And then when he did tuck it and run, when he wasn't involved in just the quarterback run game, um, still made plays that way. So I think it was just a really nice flow for him offensively. And I, if they continue to do it, um, you know, I think, it, I think he fits, I think he fits the bill to, to, to continue to grow and continue to gain confidence and hopefully be able to work towards uh, that, that big H word that George just said, um, because he definitely has the skill set to do it. Now I'm going to get, I, I, I disagree with you guys. I think, I think Utah, it, it's not detrimental by any stretch of the imagination, especially if Florida continues to go on and do what everyone's saying Florida's going to do um, or, or, or what it appears they're going to do. And that goes back to my thing is I want to see Florida continue to do this and week in, week out, no matter who they're lined up against. But I think for Utah, um, you know, we talked about how weak the Pac-12 was. They got to get through Oregon and USC, right? Um, I think that there's still a lot of football ahead of them, and this is a great experience for them tying a bow on all of my thought processes heading into this week was love the big time matchups, whether you agree that Florida is unranked or not, it's still a logo. They've been in the national stage in our memory of, of college football. Um, they were the biggest thorn in Nick Saban's ass at some point in time, not too long ago when urban was there. So like, I really think that Florida still draws athletes, you get them in the right position and you put them in, in, in positions to be successful, they're going to do it. So I, I think Utah's fine. I think both teams continue to grow for this. The trajectory of both teams um, still can align uh, very advantageously for each of them. Let, let I, me ask you this real quick, Hack. If, if you don't think that that's detrimental, okay, you have yeah. – we, we just talked about Alabama and Georgia, right? One, two, without a doubt, and they don't play each other. Yeah. My question to you is now we're, we're really playing with just three and four. It's not 2026 yet, so we're not going to 12-team playoff. So you have what undoubtedly is going to be probably Ohio State, and then you are fighting for four with either a Clemson, a possible Big 12 team, hell, maybe three SEC teams if Florida goes and does what, it's, <laughs> what we think. Yeah, they'll never do that. I think they it's, I think it's better, and I would agree with you, but I think it would have been better for them to beat Florida in Gainesville and then Florida take off and do what we're talking about doing. Then to, in terms of a, in terms of an image on your schedule versus losing and then having man, you're, you're six, you're, you're five, six, you're on that bubble the whole time. I just think it's going to be tough to eclipse a hundred percent, but it's the way they lost, right? Like it, they didn't get their doors blown in. They, I mean, they had a chance to win the football game. They, they were on the four yard line to win it with 20 seconds left. So I, I thought that they came out and showed their strengths as a team. They're gritty as hell defensively. Um, I think that they're as solid of a Pac-12 team defensively as you're going to find. Uh, you know, I think Cam Rising is a is is a very. I thought he played really well yeah, tonight. Trevor great. said that. I yeah. thought he played great. I think they have some weapons outside. Um, but I, I just I disagree with that. I think when you look at it, Week One, big logo, a lot of expectations for Florida, even though they weren't ranked, still expectations. They go out to do what they do, and they handle business. At the end of the day, you're fighting for that four spot no matter what. It happened last year. What if Clemson comes out and lays another egg the way they did, and then they're not going to take an ACC team? You know, I don't think that there's a Cincinnati in the group of five out there right now. Um, yeah, Notre Dame, they just played Columbus hard. Yeah. Guys, can I, can, can I pop in real quick on yeah. Florida? Can I pop – we keep talking about Florida having this trajectory – they were unranked. They beat a uh, the number seven team in the country, but 
Let's look at their schedule ahead of time. I, I think it's going to be a, a, a loss that looks worse and worse to Utah down the stretch. I mean, Tennessee is a lot better this year in the East, in the SEC. Kentucky's sure. ranked. Georgia's in the East. They have to play AM in the West. Like, but that's the Georgia, SEC day in, day out. That's dude. the SEC. But, so, I, so I'll take the stance of I think Florida played really well tonight. Big win. But I don't see Florida just walking through their schedule. I think they're going to have several blemishes, which is going to make the loss. But uh, but if they you know, but if they play the way they played tonight, they're, they're going to be able to go and play with anybody. Agree, man. I don't agree. If they play the way they play tonight, they can go out and play with anybody. It's Trevor. They got tested tonight. An unranked SEC team. Watch me now. An unranked SEC team beat the best team out west in a twelve rounder. No trickery. Everybody was healthy. Bring your best 11. We'll bring our best 11. 12 rounds. Coach Whittingham has been there for over a decade. I think like 18 years driving Utah. And we heard from Yogi Roth uh, that his, his coaching understanding from talking to coaches, culture takes 18 months. Coach Napier got there a couple of weeks ago virtually. Florida beat the best team out West. The number one team, the Pac-12, could put up as a playoff contender unranked sec team knocked them out first then secondly this reaffirms everything you need to know about the sec this is why we play those projection games grab kentucky pick them up and drop them in the acc what would they do it'd be kentucky and clemson if you grabbed arkansas and dropped them in the pac-12 it'd be arkansas and utah like this is an unranked florida team i also think this vaults florida to number at least 12 I don't care about all that underbelly from number 25 up. You knock out the number seven team, you got to at least go to the 12. Anthony Richardson hacked to your point. They didn't do much RPO tonight, which I liked. They did try to keep him in the pocket, and most of his runs were just scrambles, and he really did try to stay behind the line of scrimmage, which is going to help them. You could tell that they're coaching the hell out of him. Extend it and buy your guys some time. Your arm is faster than your legs. You can get 50 yards downfield faster and you can scramble it. But he did have some big old monster scrambles. Let's go to the third part of this trilogy with the SEC tonight. Arkansas finishes it off. They knock out Cincinnati last year's playoff team. Big tough win tonight with the Razorbacks at home again, defending Jurassic Park. Hack, let's just start with you there. 31-24 for Arkansas over Cincinnati. How much can you extract from that? Last year's big win, they had several, but the notable one was they knocked the hell out of Texas. Are the Razorbacks now something we got to start paying attention to? I mean, I think I, I think you heard it on the broadcast. They had the hardest schedule in college football last year and won nine football games. I love Sam Pittman. I love his uh, attitude that he brings. He's a big focus on, on, the, on the front seven and the offensive line. Um, that's his background. I think Arkansas is going to be able to play with anybody from a physicality standpoint. And at the end of the day, when you cut through all the fluff, football is still about that winning in the trenches. Um, you can control the line of scrimmage. You can win football games. Um, we'll see what happens. I think that Cincinnati had a lot of question marks and not to take it away from Arkansas, but I think Cincinnati answered some questions in terms of fill and talent that they lost. I thought that they still played well. Um, and it's another one. Like, I, again, I just can't reiterate enough how much I love these matchups because I think it's really good for these teams. And to your point, Bryce, what have you done for me lately? You answered question marks. You came out. You played tough. We'll see what happens. But I think Arkansas um, 
I, I think they can make some noise just because of the, like I said, I think the brand of football they play. Um, I buy it. I'm a big fan of it. Um, and I, and, and I think that, that moving forward through this tumultuous sec schedule, like we've all pointed out, that's something that you can fall back on. Um, and if you can continue to come out and put your best foot forward from a physicality standpoint, uh, have the athletes like they do outside to make plays, uh, they can put themselves in positions to win football games every Saturday. So I, I'm by hype. I don't know. I think they're a really good team and I think it's great for the, for the, for the health of the sec and, and their conference, having a team like Arkansas in there who could knock, knock anyone out at any point in time. Trevor, speaking of that knockout blow, they did. Here comes a playoff team from last year in Cincinnati. Sound, disciplined. Luke Fickle is going to be the next coach to take any big heavyweight power five job. You knew they were going to come in prepared. They're talented. They had nine Bearcats last year drafted. Went toe-to-toe with the Roman Army last year for at least a half. No frills tonight. Both sides of the ball, they earned it. Arkansas, big win. How did you project this? How do you see this? And what does this mean now for Sam Pittman and KJ Jefferson and Kendall Browse? Yeah, I think Arkansas is definitely trending up. Um, I'm not a believer yet. And the reason why is, um, yes, love Luke Fickle, as you mentioned, doing an incredible job there at Cincinnati. Last year was a Cinderella year, but they had Desmond Ritter, right? I mean, Desmond Ritter was a big piece of that puzzle. They're not like some of these other schools we've talked about here on the show that can just reload and reload and reload. So to show the, the type of team that they fielded tonight, Cincinnati, says a lot about what Luke Fickle is doing there. But I don't think they're near as talented as the Cincinnati team we saw last year. So I think the jury is still out on Arkansas. Tough schedule ahead. They got a couple of easy games, I would say, coming up here the next couple of weeks. So uh, they may look good for a little while. But once they hit the teeth of the SEC, I personally think they fall off pretty quickly. Bryce, can I just go with you on just a bigger piece of this deal? People either buy in the SEC wholeheartedly or they're really cynical about it and they just say, yeah, it's just top heavy and the rest doesn't really matter. An unranked Gator team that found itself with a new head coach, a new squad, knew this and knew that, and under new management banner out there, took out the best team in the Pac-12 tonight. And then if you go west, about a thousand miles, the Arkansas Razorbacks welcomed in Cincinnati. They go 12 rounds and knock them out. And that wasn't that game was never really in question for Arkansas. They really did have control of the game from start to finish. Does this speak more to the point from top down Jurassic Park is something to deal with? It's not just a couple giants up top. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it does, because I, I think what if, if you're Cincinnati, you scheduling that game at Arkansas says something right yeah. that, that you, you have to go out and, and, and create a statement game one. Um, which, which again, I think, I think to, you know, to Trevor's point, I kind of disagree a little bit. I, I think, you know, even, even switching your question up a little bit, George, I think if I'm the big 12, I'm absolutely loving that game. Um, that, that game going the way that it did, um, to have, again, those 12 rounds that you're talking about to, to be as, as engaging and as, as a fun, to be a fan and, and watch that game. Um, says a lot about who Luke, Luke Fickle is to be able to reload a team that you wouldn't think would be able to reload a team like that, knowing that they've had all those starters, you know, with Sauce Gardner and then Desmond Ritter, Ritter obviously, 
um, as your guys got a hundred, you know, records um, in, in the books over there for Cincinnati football. So, um, you know, look, I, I think that, I think that you have to buy into the SEC just, just because of what it does to your program. If you go to an SEC team and beat an SEC team, it really doesn't matter who it is um, outside of just a couple of teams. But I, but I think from a top down perspective, um, you know, having SEC win on your roster outside of the SEC, it just, it just means, it, it means a lot. And then even, you know, when you look pro postseason into bowl games, when you have an SEC team, uh, you know, win at a, at a bowl game, man, it's, it's just a big deal for your program. So I think you have to believe the hype about the SEC, regardless if you're cynical or not. Um, I think that's the, you know, kind of the conference in college football. Uh, so that wraps up uh, the SEC again, Georgia eviscerates the ducks 49 to three Florida Gators stand up toe to toe with the biker gang from Utah and knock them out 12 rounds showed a lot of resilience there. And then Arkansas does the exact same thing with Cincinnati in an opener. Uh, all three uh, fly the banner there for the sec in Jurassic park. Uh, quick note here for the listeners field of 12 after dark. You can see us, uh, you can see us if you're really talented or hear us on Sirius XM, ESPNU channel 84, Sirius XM, ESPNU channel 84. Fellows, let's give a quick tip of the cap to some other first year coaches this year. Uh, well, not first year coaches, but first year debuts in their new homes. Uh, Mario Crystal Ball in Miami, look, tune up game against Bethune. They got out there and they got going. Uh, Brent Venables and Lincoln Riley, they also had some tune-ups. We will see and learn more from those guys later. They had some pretty spectacular nights, but the competition wasn't all that spectacular. I would like to switch over now to the ACC. We don't talk a ton about the ACC. All their monsters are down right now uh, to the fact of Clemson, who we'll see tomorrow. Clemson, Miami, Florida State, all on the rebound. They do have monsters, but they haven't been very monstrous over the last couple of years. Tonight, a team that a lot of us looked at like a dark horse because they certainly have one of the most talented quarterbacks in the country in Devin Leary is NC State. They survive tonight. Virginia Tech embarrassed by Old Dominion. A heavyweight decides to go on the road and play a middleweight. I'm sure they had some, some contractual things there. They get beat. The rest of the conference just looks like whatever. Your biggest takeaway hack right now on the ACC. Yeah. Um, you know, I think NC State had some struggles, um, you know, and that's always, again, it just the, the constant theme I think here is just consistency, right? Like anyone can have a flash in the pan year. Um, the, the coaches and the culture that they establish that can foster and breed competitive consistency are the ones that you, you see week in, week out, year in, year out, or the face logo of college football. Um, and that's, that's that playbook. I don't think is ever going to change. You have to buy into it. So, you know, North Carolina state had a lot going for them returning 10 guys on defense and they went out there and struggled with an East Carolina team who, you know, I think is talented, but, when you look at it on paper, it shouldn't have been the game it was, but that's what we love about college football. But, you know, good for them getting through it, and we'll see what happens for the rest of their schedule because at the end of the day, they got a matchup coming up with Clemson here pretty soon, a couple weeks, that could uh, that could really um, 
be monumental in the landscape of the ACC, just, just looking at it and where these teams are ranked. Um, you know, the one note I will say is, is I think it leaves, it leaves, leaves room for some risers last year, that riser happened to be Wake Forest. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that again. I've said that, um, especially with Sam Hartman being out and where they can go. They had another good tune-up game they showed out, but um, I'm not sure if they can do it. And that, that, that leaves, leaves the door open for a team that I, I love that, that, uh, sitting down in Charlottesville, Virginia. I think they got a quarterback who's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. They got their weapons outside. They have a question mark uh, at the offensive line. Um, but again, with everyone being down, if you can spit it and get it out to these guys in space and let them make plays and, you know, the defense can hold up a little bit, give you a short field here and there, they can do it. So I think, I think the, if Clemson doesn't do what Clemson should do, when you look at them from a roster standpoint, the ACC is pretty wide open. And another team is, is, is Miami with Mario Cristobal. We'll get to that later. So I think the ACC is just another one of those conferences that's super wide open and just begging for somebody other than Clemson to really grab the reins and say, Hey, this is, this is the direction we're going and we're going to, we're going to make this work here for, for at least, you know, a couple of years. Trevor, how long will it take for another team to come up and, Post Clemson or Eclipse Clemson, and will the ACC, your impression after this first week, will they be a factor down the road here once we start talking playoffs? I mean, granted, it's first week into September, but there's a lot of tea leaves on the field right now. Put it this way, if, if Clemson wasn't already a top dog and had been there and done that, I would count the ACC out before any other Power 5 conference. They you are would, the laughing I would. I would count them out. If you take Clemson out of it, I agree with you. Take Clemson out of it. They're the laughing stock of the Power Five conferences. Over I mean, the Big 12. You would take the Big 12 collectively over the ACC collectively. Over the Big 12? That was take be Clem your first conference? To take <laughs> Clemson out. Wait a second. Take they Clemson out. And I'm Oklahoma taking the Big 12. Texas Oklahoma and Texas have moving trucks outside right now. They got to finish their lease for a year or two and they're out. Yeah. I'm just simply saying. Okay, listen to this. You just talked about uh, the, the NC, State, <laughs> NC State team. NC State team holds on. And then you go bottom yeah. of the pack in the Big 12 with West Virginia. And Pitt barely beats West Virginia in the open. West Virginia is a bottom. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, take easy. that game out of there though, Trev, because okay. that's, that's, you, you, we, you know, we can start let's, slicing let's, let's and dice this, yeah. slice and dice this a million different ways. My well, opinion, let's slice and dice. Let's you, slice you dice. take Clemson out of the ACC. They are the worst conference in the power five group of group, group. So and I don't even, I don't think it's close. And, and, Hack, I'm coming to you. Let's just go on and play ball here. If you drop the Miami Hurricanes in the Big 12, are they not going to be in the Big 12 championship no. against Baylor year in and year out? No. They're not. Oh, who? Iowa State. Well, well who's else going to dance with the Miami uh, Hurricanes? Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. You can throw out, Oklahoma's dude. You can throw out the teams Trevor, that you want to throw Oklahoma's out. Oklahoma's gone. No, 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 no. We're talking about right now. We're talking about right now. The Big 12 as it stands today, not two years from now. I'm talking if, about the Big 12 right even now. Even with Oklahoma in there, Oklahoma might be able to get some too. You never know now. Here, you never here. know. You don't know what this Oklahoma team looks like, just to be honest. Well, Here's what I will say? say. I think the ACC, 
where they're positioned in the country, and this is another conversation, but when I'm talking like from a recruiting standpoint and what they have the ability to touch and reach, the talent is there. But the problem is, is the SEC, the Big Ten, even the Pac-12, they're coming in and plucking all these kids. If they can get kids to stay home, I mean, traditionally, the ACC's had a ton of talent. Florida State, Miami, like you said, George, Clemson, um, Virginia Tech. Like, if these guys can get back to doing what got them to where they were previously, there's talent here and they can do it, but they haven't been able to do it. And that's where I agree with you, Trevor. It's just been like Clemson has just kind of deboed it. And that's where I think even your comment at the beginning, George, were like, you know, Clemson was doing it. They, they had to knock out Alabama, but Alabama had to knock out, you know, the LSUs consistently week in, yeah. week out. Like, yeah. that's why I, I give Dabo a ton of credit. But the if the ACC was up with the historical teams and the, and, and, the, and the tradition that came along with it and they did what they did, great. But they haven't. And they've just taken advantage of it. And I think that there's the ability for someone else to do it. I mean, Florida State. Miami, like we keep going back to, they, hell, they got enough talent in their state to do it, but can they? And that's the biggest question mark, and they haven't. So, you know, we'll see. It's one of those things where I think it's a developmental play, but I, I mean, the ACC's to me is, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a step down. Thank you, Hack. Bryce Petty, go ahead, weigh in. No, I just, I just thought for half a second we might have been talking about basketball. So I, I just kind of removed myself, you know, uh, I, I mean, I can't believe it or either basketball or you were thinking that you were, we were in the nineties, early two thousands with the Miami team that you want to drop in the big 12. I really don't know how you came up. You pulled that out of your ass, but uh, no, no, I, not a Miami so make team. the make, then make the argument. Why, uh, why oh, is yeah, the, of course the take, Miami hurricanes take get, Clemson just... out and make yep. the argument that the ACC is better than the big 12. Name me four teams that from the Big Twelve that can go. No, 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 and, George. And I want Bryce to. I, I want Bryce to back up his point here. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I do too, so I can take it apart. Go ahead, Bryce. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just about to do the same thing that you were doing, right? I mean, Here we give, go. Well, give me four teams in the ACC right now that you feel like would come in and be. If we're talking about Big Twelve championship game, we've got Oklahoma, we've got Baylor, and we've got Oklahoma State that everybody keeps talking about. And you Texas. probably throw you probably throw Texas in there if you want to. Mm, but name, throwing, me, name me four schools. Name me four schools in that ACC right now that you feel like outside of Clemson and hell, I'd have taken Clemson last year because they'd have been probably eight and four last year in the Big Twelve, maybe. So, well, wait, so hey, hey, Bryce, tell me what are we want. making? The, are we making the same point? Am I confused here? Are no, you yeah, saying I'm, I'm confused as well? Bryce, we're First making all, the same I'm, point. Um, we, we're 100 making the same point. That's why I said, well, George, you. Oh, you I me. thought you. Yes, it sounded like you were coming at me, right? No, I was coming I, at George. Oh, That's Trevor. why I was like, okay. Wait, why would I All do right, George. Now you remember, remember I'm sitting here thinking you're talking about basketball. ACC is no, a basketball conference, bro. That's, that's Trevor. He he is coming at you. Trevor just doesn't recognize it. Clemson, <laughs> there are four teams in the Big Twelve that would have beaten Clemson last year. No, sir. Oklahoma. Granted, Baylor granted the rest. Like, let's just go on and get real. Not Texas. We saw what happens when they step outside the Big 12. They don't do so well. Then Oklahoma State would have been a good scrap, but even Clemson on a drunken night, that's gonna be a tough one for Oklahoma State. I don't know fact you are not. I don't know a fourth team in the Big 12. I gave you the state of Oklahoma plus Baylor. 
Mm. Who else in the Big Twelve? I that I think that we could. I think that we're having a basement argument right now. Yeah, I mean, that's where I, we're at. But that, but I'm saying even both those conferences, like it's a, it's a damn shame. But both those conferences are down, and that, I think that's a testament I, to what what the the SEC, the Big Ten. And I mean, I, I just kind of alienate the Pac-12 because it's like their own thing out there, and no one even really goes out there to pluck so, a bunch of kids. So really, we have that's, the SEC and the Big Ten. That's it. I think and that's so. really it. And and, and, and I would I, and I would venture I would venture to agree with you on on those two conferences being the two major conferences that every year they're going to have knockout drag out. That's some fun football to watch. No doubt about it. I get that. The point made was that the ACC can drop whoever they want into the big 12. And that's just, that's shit. There's, no, no. That's, <laughs> well, that's unbelievable. They can. Okay. So let me reframe this question. The ACC at its best Think about their recruiting areas, their legacy, and what they've been capable of doing versus the, the Big 12 currently and its best. Don't give me this all. First of all, you can count the Longhorns if you want. It's not much addition. Oklahoma is really the big one you're either counting or not counting. All right. Florida State. Are we talking Florida about Florida State legacy or are we Florida talking State, about right now? When Florida State stands back up and they're at their <laughs> – when Miami, oh, yeah, when Lazarus walks again, they gonna be Miami's there. going up. Miami's going up. Up back here comes Clemson. Just those three. North Carolina's proven to be a solid light heavyweight. NC State's been a nice light heavyweight. Virginia Tech's been a dog for years. When those programs stand back up, you guys got like the Big Twelve. Like an all win, George in ten years. I, I have never heard somebody try to make a make a case and say when this hat, like when it think, actually happens, they're gonna be there. We are again, talking about right now. Listen, guys, I think this is a moot point. I think this yeah. is really a moot point. I, I'm gonna be that guy. George, right now. George is firing me up. That's unbelievable. I know. Good. Good. Get get fired up. I'm, right. I'm hijacking the show. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Producer Dagan's hijacking. Best Power Five conference. That's what we're talking about. Pac-12 will go ahead and take that fifth spot. They'll take that L. But we're talking about who's number four. And let's just be honest. And I know you two have bled a lot in that conference. And you've died a lot. I mean, you've won a lot, et cetera. You've left body parts out there in all respect. And I've been right there with both of you. They're the fourth best conference. We should just stop all this stuff. This is the fourth best conference. We just go ahead and just just full stop. You added Cincinnati, Army, Memphis, and I think UCF. We're talking I about think, right now. I, I don't get it. I don't I don't get it. unless unless you're going to Miami tomorrow, George, which you might be. You might be clubbing it up in Miami, and that's why you're trying you're trying to get in some backdoor club out there. I don't know what you're doing, but yeah. you cannot make the case for who's better right now by saying we're. Picking two, four teams up in three years, and I mean, he's better. Listen, I think that's a good segue though, because I think Mario Cristobal. <laughs> I think, I think Mario Cristobal could be the guy down there. I, I I watched I watched the first the first series. They had a couple on Sportsman like the guys were going nuts. Like he doesn't play none of that. He he wants those guys. The quote was, "Miami's not back. Miami's back to work." And he's a guy who played to George's point in the heyday of Miami, so he understands the expectations that that program carries. He's got Ed Reed on staff. He's got a bunch of the alumni involved. That's I'm excited to see that happen because again, I think when Miami's good, when Florida State's good, 
it, similarly to when Texas is good, it's just better for college football. Agreed. Am I Think wrong about there? this. Think of, this is a scary thought to that point. Mario Cristobal is about to look like the smartest guy ever for going to Miami. And then Dabo Sweeney's going to keep doing what he's doing in the ACC. You bring USC and UCLA into the Big Ten. That whole conference is going to beat up on each other even more so than they already do. You bring Oklahoma and Texas into the SEC, that conference is going to beat up on each other like they already do. So, yes, you're going to get a lot of those two conferences into the 12-team playoff, but Miami and Clemson, they're going to walk into the 12-team playoff with a couple year little scratches, a couple little bruises, be really fresh and ready to go because both of their quarterbacks hadn't played a full game until they get to the playoff, whereas the timing. Big Ten and the SEC are going to be beat up like crazy. Guys, yeah. let's just jump. Let me get your thoughts real quick. Next week, there's a handful of heavyweight matchups. We don't have a ton, but there's a heavyweight. There's a couple heavyweight matchups. First of all, well, first, let me get your impressions tomorrow. We have Clemson and Georgia Tech. And then Monday, we have LSU and Florida State. Do you guys have a particular game or take on, on either one of those matchups? A couple of coaching debuts in there. Yeah, I'm excited to see. $10 million guy. Go, Go ahead, ahead Trevor. Okay, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, Coach Norvell and what he's able to do now after a little time under his belt there in Tallahassee. I mean, Florida State obviously has been abysmal the last several years. I think they've got some pieces to the puzzle this year that will not put them in the race to win the conference by any stretch of the imagination, but an opportunity to put a team out there on the field that will be competitive. Obviously, LSU is down as well, so – that should be a pretty fun game to watch, in my opinion. Bryce, you got a, a game there, Clemson, Georgia Tech, or LSU, Florida State, you're going to key in on more? Yeah, the Brian Kelly thing is interesting because there were two coaches to me that I felt like left in a very interesting way from their from their schools, and that was Lincoln Riley and then our guy Notre Dame, who's not LSU, So and took a lot of money to do so. So, um, you know, Lincoln did his thing today, regardless of who they played. They played Rice, but, I mean, hell, they put up the most points since 08 um, out there. Uh, in, so I'm, I'm excited about that game, too, and, and with Coach Norville, too, coming in. Um, uh, again, like Trevor said, with the, with the year two under his belt. So I, I think that if, if we can get back to the conversation that we're talking about with the ACC and how it is good for football, if you have a battle over Florida in recruiting – that's when that's when stuff gets fun. When Miami is doing what Miami is doing, Florida State is doing what Florida State is doing, and now you got Gainesville doing what it's doing. That's that's when that state gets really fun, um, and it and it makes it tough for everybody. So um, that's the the LSU Florida State game is going to be one to watch. Uh, Hack, I'm gonna jump to you for next week. Oklahoma and Nebraska. Will this turn up the heat on Scott Frost? Well, I mean. This this weekend should have turned up the heat a little bit on Scott Frost as well. I I've been trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. And the one thing that I keep going back to is I really think that that Nebraska, from an administrative standpoint, stuck between a rock and a hard place because if Scott's not successful there with his ties and pedigree and everything that he has at Nebraska, if he's not successful there, that job is gonna be like not touching it with a 10 foot pole that no one's going to go near that job. So it's like, where do they go next? Um, and I think that's, that's the unique situation they find themselves in. 
They're a little bit behind the times. They're still riding on their success from the 90s. Pelini had a little bit of success there, but it still wasn't Nebraska. Nebraska used to be – and no one was scheduling Nebraska because it was a straight-up steamroll, mm-hmm. no matter who they played. So it's really interesting. I, I, I don't – I find it hard. Do, do I think Nebraska has the roster and the talent to come out and play with Oklahoma? Yes, but there's so many more variables that go into a football game and the current state of that program. I think Oklahoma's Oklahoma should be rolling in there. Very, very confident. All right. Perfect. Uh, and hack. I threw that question to you in the future. They play them in two yeah. weeks. Nebraska actually has Georgia state. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to go to our producer who I I'm hijacking the show. Egan Hughes. I hope the he show. begins to ask us about Texas and Alabama. Dagan, welcome. I'm going to get your thoughts Hello. after I hear what Bryce Petty says about Alabama and Texas next week. Will this be a blowout or will it look like Ohio State Notre Dame tonight? No, I think I think it's going to be a blowout. Yeah, not, <laughs> not a chance. Yeah, I, I think I think I and I hope um, yeah, but because there's going to be so much riding on this game of what's to come. And, and I think that for whom for for Texas. I think, yeah. I think there, there's a there's a a certain type of and Trevor talk about Trevor Trevor and I talk about this all the time. There's a certain type of entitlement that most of those guys down south get when they put the burnt orange on. And I know that that we as a locker room at, at Baylor always took that to heart. Um, but because they just it, whether it was recruiting uh, camps, it didn't really matter what it was. They they they're just always kind of a stank to them. And I hope they go get drummed. I really do. I hope Alabama puts 80 up on them. And um, that's probably a little bit more biased just because of where I'm at. But just, just this, a little. This, this, just a little. This, just a tiny bit. Though, this Bryce. is one of those things now just that I'm telling you that if Sarkeesian does not have his stuff straight, then Nick Saban's going to come into Austin and, and it's going to be bad. Trevor, will Quinn Ewers be able to hold off Bama for 12 rounds? and make it a kicking game in that fourth quarter? No, no, absolutely not. Um, We've talked about Quinn Ewers a lot. He has a talented arm. He has talent, period, because, you you, you know, his recruiting stature. But I'm not a believer in Quinn Ewers. Um, I thought, you know, even tonight, he was a little bit of a deer in the headlights there at the beginning. He settled in a little bit. Um, But you come up against the Roman Army – it, it ain't going to happen. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be ugly and it's going to be ugly quick. And I think Bryce made a good point. Um, I hope this wakes up not only the men in that locker room, in that athletic facility, but on the entire 40 acres of that campus in Austin to say, hey, man, I know we're the University of Texas. We got all the money in the world. We're very good academically. But, man, we are putting out an abysmal, abysmal football program each and every year with all these resources they have it's a wake-up call coming to austin and it is coming quick hey george let me ask you this too real quick before dagan hops in here so you're you're a recruit right watching this game coming up next week knowing hey this is this is unique now because i think we saw with a&m that as soon as a&m jumped it was like there were recruits flooded over there for the same reasons that we talked about earlier in the show mm-hmm are you watching this game going, hey, I really, you know, my dad went to UT, mom went to UT, unk and aunt went to UT, um, I'm UT through and through. Do you watch this game next week going, hey, 
this is either going to make or break my commitment, or do you still go with 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 burn orange, knowing that they're going to be in the SEC regardless? If Texas is my biggest school, right, because everything's relative yep. to what your kitchen table says, then, you know, it's cool because they're in this big heavyweight battle. All the attention's here. Everybody's here. The stars are here. But I saw, and you guys might have seen this too on social media three, four, five months back, there's a five-star wide receiver who kind of filmed and he kind of telestrated his trip at Texas. And at the end, he goes, this ain't it. All the national championship trophies are at the swimming uh, complex. That's mm. what they showed me. These guys don't ball like that is what he said. And since Mac Brown left, he's not wrong. It, they, Texas is in a real difficult spot because their marketing machine is killer, but the product on the back end hasn't been. And then all the entitlement wants to make the gap work. And, and entitlement can't make the gap work. Yeah. Work makes the gap work. So it's going to be tough. I don't know how you're going to overcome with the majority of your locker room still there. What happened playing the ninth or 10th best SDC team last year. And it wasn't a two touchdown deal. It was like a 38 or 40 point deal with Arkansas. The You welcome the Roman army in. It's going to be a hell of a night until kickoff hack. It's yeah. going to be a hell of a day, a hell of a day. All the burn orange, Quarter vests, quarter zips, and the and the senator sweaters and all that stuff. And the tailgate's gonna be killer until kickoff. Honestly, it still will be in the first quarter. Everybody be enjoying themselves. By halftime, it'll be a sobering experience for the record-breaking 66,000 season ticket holders. Texas broke, I think it's a national record, 66,000 ticket holders. Marketing department is doing their thing. They got Archie Manning and they got all this other stuff, but you still got to, you still got to roll them up and come out there on the arena floor. They're not going to do that with the Roman army. These guys are going to get off of steel toe boots, big lunch pails. The general's going to be out front. He's going to point the way. And that's just really going to be it. Hack. Go ahead. Here's, hold on. Hold here's on. All right. Hack, give your point. I, I got to get yeah, in here, man. We're I'll running out of time. Here's my thing with this. I think, I think Texas, you guys obviously have some bias there, but at the end of the day, you got to start somewhere, right? And I think the move to the SEC for Texas was a good one because it's time to shit or get off the pot. Like you're going to go and surround yourself against the best and you either you either sink or swim. And I, for me, you know, you're going to find out if Sark's the right guy from a culture standpoint, because you, you touched on this last year, Trevor, like this is, this, this is deeper than the locker room and, the coaches, the head coach's office at Texas, this runs into administration. There's, there's this aura that they give off. And at the end of the day, you're either going to go run into the fight or you're going to sit back and continue to just reap the benefits of the riches that you had. And ultimately your, uh, your empire is going to crumble like the Roman empire did because you got fat, lazy and whatever. I, so I think it's a good move for them. I think they're pushing themselves in the right direction. And um, whatever happens, regardless, you're going to find out a lot about your program and see and and at least give yourself some direction. One last thought here, are, Texas. One last thought you're digging. If I am Steve Sarkeesian, I am trying to come up with every excuse in the book to turn the recruits away that want to come to this football yeah, game. COVID. <laughs> COVID. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. There's a COVID How bad outbreak. is that going to be? 
Hey, yeah. Oh, week, we're guys. not doing a we're not doing a locker room visit afterwards. We're not. I would set uh, the stage now because that is not going to be fun. All right, I got I got twenty two of my kids that got COVID. You know, so we I don't even know if we can play. Say I'm sorry. We got to push it to next. <laughs> All right, I'm here now. George, sit back, relax. You did a great job hosting. I got the last five minutes. All right. So I've been in the YouTube chat all night, right? These guys have been asking us questions. So I'm gonna hit you guys with a few of the YouTube chat questions. If you're in the YouTube and channel I, right and now, I got watching. some crowd, I got some crowd questions too, but go ahead. We, no, no, no. Know. We only got five minutes. You did your hosting duties. You're <laughs> off. You're we're done. We only got five minutes. I'm cutting us off in five minutes. So you can ask those questions next week. <laughs> um, but first question uh, coming in, can Ohio State be elite without a burner to take the top off the defense? Now I know they have Smith and Jigba, but he was mm. out tonight. And we saw a little bit different game plan. So I want your guys' thoughts on that. I'm a, I'll jump first. The answer is yes. We saw it tonight. They're creative. If you have big nuclear weapons, you use big nuclear weapons. But that doesn't, as we learned tonight, mean that's all you are. So still all kind of five stars, all kind of silverbacks. You got an NFL head coach coaching that front. And you got one of the best quarterbacks who's shown – he doesn't need to – he can win without the fastball. They didn't have a fastball to throw tonight. I say, yes, they can. That's why they invented a spork. You can do both. <laughs> yeah. There all right, is that it? No more thoughts? Nobody else? All right. Okay. We got five minutes. I thought it was like – Well, listen, I mean, you can all give a quick, short answer. I mean, you know, you just got to yeah, cut yeah. George off. I, I, George is the yeah, one that likes to talk about it. It's a spork, man. Exactly <laughs> what George said. You, 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 you do, especially with Ryan Day and how great he is as a coach, offensive mind, you use what you have. And, and those guys, trust me, it ain't like those guys don't have a guy that can't blow up the top. <laughs> trust right. me. They got plenty of them. Yeah. I, I think it's just a matter of getting them reps. And I think tonight was great. They got punched in the Correct. mouth a little bit, and the way that they reacted was perfect. And I, I'm Ohio State. I'm not worried about Ohio State. No. no. And Marcus is a hell of a coach, too. The position by position, still some of the biggest weapons uh, of any offense in the country. Fair enough. Yep. All right. Next question. After one week, well, I guess technically week one and technically week zero, but. Week one, has the transfer portal helped or hurt college football? Helped. I'll start here. And the reason is I'll point to one thing, and that's quarterback play. You've got better quarterback play this year than, than I've seen in quite some time across the board. Now, I'm not saying the top of the top is better than the top of the top of the other year. We've, we've had some, some freaky years there. But across the board, Dylan Gabriel coming over, right? You got um, JT Daniels getting back out on the field – if, if he wasn't, he'd be sitting, you know, behind somebody. Bo Nix played bad, but he's, you know, still still a name up there at, at Oregon. You could go across the country um, and see a bunch of different guys at the quarterback position that are that are on the field and playing at a higher level than uh, than who would have been there otherwise if it wasn't for the the transfer portal. I agree. We had 30 new head coaches in the Division One level. We had 67 quarterback transfers at the division one level. I loved it. If you're in a battle or you're struggling or you got hurt and couldn't get your position back. Cause that guy ran and took off with it. And if you can find a spot, really, that's what we're talking about. If you could step outside your building and another helicopter comes down and grabs you and takes you to their place, then what are we talking about? Yeah. I think it absolutely has helped and it makes it interesting because you're going to see places like USC bounce back faster, Miami bounce back faster. Otherwise, it would have taken these guys like they'd still be out there in the wilderness. I think it's helped tremendously. Bryce, you got anything? Because I got a quick one. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I think I think it even helped with the distribution of talent like beyond these teams and the name brand mm-hmm. that we're talking about. I mean, look at mm-hmm. look at the kid down at App State, Chase Bryce. Like mm-hmm. they went toe-to-toe with North Carolina Day, and he's a kid who was at Clemson, went to Duke, and Clemson. now is at App State and found out figured out where he needed to be. So I think just the overall distribution of talent top to bottom through all of the conferences, um, and even even division levels, uh, is gonna be good. Well said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly where I was going to go to. I, I think it, I think it, it kind of permeates, if you will, uh, the, the talent because there's a lot of talented dudes the last, uh, you know, whatever, fifty some odd years that have sat the bench that that could have been, you know, great otherwise. So I, I love it. All right, this one's very quick. I basically need one word. That's all I need from you, from you, from you for. Will Utah still win the Pac-12? No. No, no, I'll be the oddball. I'll be the oddball. I'll say yes. Yeah, right. I, yeah. keep it moving. Yeah, and, and now we all got our word. I'm gonna add some action. They don't have firepower, they have blunt force, they got a defense, and they got a great defense. So when you come up against USC, who might neutralize your great defense, and they still put up 30, can Utah put up 30? Look what Notre Dame did. Look what Notre Dame did to you to Ohio State today. And Notre Dame did that with a lack of consistency at offense. If Cam Rising can play well, they got enough firepower. They can do it. They're more, uh, that, they're more that, gifted that, than Notre Dame. You raise a good point. So you do like Utah versus USC in a yep. oh interesting. Been kicked in the teeth Come already. On. Yes. I like it, Hack. I like it. All right, last one. Last one of the night. Come on, you can come say yeah. Who is the next coach to win his first national championship? Two. Oh. Ryan Day. Yep. Ryan Day. Great yeah. answer. Everybody go. Oh, Bryce is still thinking. Uh, I'll, <laughs> Bryce, I'll, say Bryce is still thinking. I'll say a super, super hot take. And I should. Brennan Venables. If you come out with Venables. No. If uh, you come out with Venables, I'm stopping the stream right now. <laughs> That's no, not Brent Venables. I think we're same thing as last year. We didn't talk about them all year. They ended up being a really good football team. I think Michigan's got a shot to be a dark horse. And I think. Hey. Yo. The Wolverines. Hey. If we're, also, I don't. I don't believe that in my chest, but I'll just say it. There are three coaches, I think, who have not won a national championship. All three are in the Big Ten. Day. Franklin and Harbaugh, those three will be out there lurking. If they can just avoid that big overhand right, by the time we get into what Halloween, certainly Thanksgiving, it, it could be anybody outside the Big Ten. Lincoln Riley's probably two, three years away, even though this is the best quarterback he'll no, probably was, ever have. That was the look. I didn't want to say Lincoln Riley because I don't love what he did last year. I felt like there was some, there was some stuff there you just don't do. Oh, but but rolled I, out I, there I at a midnight. Anybody, midnight, you didn't like that. Anybody outside of the Big Ten or SEC ball, I, I think it's Lincoln. He can get that talent there. They can score points. And if USC off of off of the the lineage and history of USC, I think he could do it. All right, that's it, George. Wrap it up. All right, Dagan, 
and great thing for you. I got a couple of fan questions no, myself. George, we got <laughs> George, we gotta go. 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 Wrap it up. Dang it, I got wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. It's heat. No, no, no. George, I know this I know this game. Sigma Kai, there's I know this game, George. We played this game all last year. It's time to go. The Gamify House at Oklahoma. This one's for Trevor. Trevor, keep it quick, please. It may be 920 where George is, but it ain't 920 here. <laughs> the Gamify House, this one's for Trevor. Over, under, one and a half losses this year for your Sooners. Uh, under. Oh, my. All right, next question. <laughs> oh, my. All right. D Street Bar in Penn State. Hack, it's a new bar. I probably haven't heard of it. This one here is from Emily. Will Sean Clifford be finish single. the season as the starter? And I think her question is more about health than performance. I don't know. I'm not going to even answer that. I don't know. <laughs> Emily, I think Emily's got to wait another day. But I don't know. You think he should. Only because Iowa last year he had some, some complications. Last week he had some complications. There's no question about who the alpha is, but I think her question is more along the lines of just like his physical. I think it's more so a question of how their season goes. Mm, that's saying a lot without saying a lot. Yeah. And then Bryce Petty, the Peabody Sports Bar in Waco, new spot. Don't worry about it. The Peabody Sports Bar in Waco. We got a couple guys down there. Gino. And what's this guy's name? Dagan, you see the other guy's name? Gino and Sal. No, these are your questions. I read my questions. These are your questions, George. I don't know. I know, but they're, they're, they're hitting us both up. So I'm, yeah, I'm reading yeah, the same yeah, stuff yeah. you're reading. Gino <laughs> yeah, yeah. and Sal, Bryce, they want to know, will Baylor win the Big 12? And if you win the Big 12, will that put you in the dance? In the dance, yeah, without a doubt. They will be in that Final Four. Yeah, without a doubt. I, this year. This year, this year, not 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 if we walk again uh, to, to your ACC point, um, George, earlier. But, yeah, yeah, if Baylor wins Big 12 this year, we're in the dance for sure. No, if the, you said if they win, but are you saying that they're going to win and be in the dance? Uh, I, I do not have them winning. It's a it's okay. a really tough right. schedule. It's Thanks a really for clarifying. Tough schedule. But that's a hell of a clarification. Wait, wait, wait. On behalf of Gino and Sal, so who's winning the Big Twelve, Bryce Petty? I I had I had them nuts. I had Trevor and Hennis Sooners winning it. I just just honestly just based off a of schedule. I mean, this is y'all gotta y'all gotta look at our schedule, man. It's it's a juggernaut. If I will say this though, if we get through that thing and we win and we're not, no, I'm gonna if, I'm gonna burn the whole place. I'm gonna burn the whole place down. If we had. If my aunt was my aunt, never mind. Yeah, we can't say this that. guy yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we can't say. Dad, watch this out. guy said, "If I'm roll, Gino and Sal, I'm rolling with you." Emily, Hack did give you his answer without giving you his answer. And for the Gamma Firehouse in Oklahoma, hopefully Trevor is keeping the night going. Field of Twelve After Dark. We're live, Sirius XM. You can see us on Channel 84 ESPNU. New partner, Sirius XM, ESPNU, Channel 84. Next week, big one, 
Bama and Texas, at least big for entertainment. We all know how much of a heavyweight matchup. Grab something to sip on. This is George Whitfield on behalf of Christian Hackenberg, Bryce Petty, and Trevor Knight. You won't find a team like this anywhere online. We'll see you next week. Field of 12. Have a great one.